Welcome to AM Best Audio. Inflation is putting pressure on the insurance industry to maintain stability while also holding a line on premiums. Inflation and a possible recession in 2023 will be especially problematic for an industry that's already confronted with the painful cost of natural disasters such as Hurricane Ian and the hefty rising price tag of litigation and social inflation. I'm Tom Davis, Managing Editor of Best Review. Joining us to talk about what's ahead for the industry in 2023 is Randy Hodge, Executive Vice President, Staff Insurance Operations at FM Global. Welcome, Randy. Thanks, Tom. How are you doing? Very good. So what is the overall outlook for next year for the insurance industry, would you say? Well, that's a great question. Everybody's thinking through that right now and what their plans are. I'd say there's three main things that's on everybody's minds. Uh, you touched on it on your opening. Inflation is, is one key factor for every insurer. Uh, inflation from the standpoint of leftovers from supply chain constriction and also the additional costs of goods. Another factor that's going on right now for everybody is the cost of reinsurance. Uh, the reinsurance market is expecting one which is truly hard at the January 1 renewal. So the cost of reinsurance and the availability of reinsurance are going to be a factor for everyone. And the other third one that I would say it's also on everyone's mind is increasing loss costs due to what are known as secondary perils or what I would consider more your climate related risks in areas that historically didn't have a high frequency of severe climate events. Those three things are on everybody's minds from both what's your primary insurers as well as your reinsurers for next year. I think from the buyer's perspective, there's a completely, there's also uh, concerns there. From a buyer perspective, those dynamics are gonna continue to have upward pressure on price movement, that's for sure. I think there's gonna be a lot more um, interest and scrutiny of insurers of clients' exposure data especially how they report on their exposure of insured values. That's gonna be something that everybody's talking about. The clients are also very interested in understanding what their climate risk is because they haven't really got that advice over the years from understanding things from exposure like floods, hail and things like that. Things that the insurers are asking them questions about and are trying to understand. I think one other thing that's very important next year is relationships with insurers are gonna be crucial. As people are talking through these dynamics in the marketplace, a good understanding of the client business and that relationship are going to pay dividends in next year's market environment. Do you think a recession is inevitable as well as inflation and continued inflation? And what kind of an impact do you think a recession would have on the insurance industry in 2023? Yeah, I know a very good question. Something, again, everybody's thinking about. Um, if you go back to 2009, we have that experience in our not too distant history with the financial uh, collapse that happened in that time of the, that decade. But those dynamics have both a, an upward uh, pressure on losses and rates, but also a downward pressure on the size of losses. So I'll, I guess I'll talk about those in two different pieces. From a recession standpoint, certainly companies lower sales. Um, the cost of goods go down in a recession because uh, of the, those market dynamics. But at the same time, from a, uh, from a, a company's perspective that's an insured, um, you start to have layoffs. So you start to lose key personnel. That loss of key personnel can drive risk into the business that wasn't there before. 
and there's also sometimes can happen with companies they pay less attention to maintenance and upkeep of their locations and that can permeate their way into higher frequency of loss so in recession yes you know the exposure values are down but some of the pressures on losses can go up and then if you look at the inflation perspective of things certainly the lowering cost of goods inflation likely will stabilize but when you think about that, another part of inflation is not just the cost of goods, but when you are a manufacturing company and you are interrupted, your production's interrupted, the time to recovery can take much longer when there's supply chain crunches or when there's a recession and there isn't as much um, sort of um, fat in the process, so to speak. So recovery times can be longer in that recessionary period. So those dynamics are somewhat competing in terms of what's going to happen with losses because inflation what's happening in the insurance fee right now is annual increases that insurers get against insured values are going up at one level but the loss average loss size is going up at a much steeper level and that delta right there is what people are trying to figure out and what impact inflation and the recession will have on that is what everybody's solving for right now how do you see pricing next year? I mean, should we prepare for a hard market? You're in commercial property, so we'll be a we'll be a hard market in just commercial property, maybe a property casualty in other areas, or maybe you see something that's maybe more across the board. I'd say for sure there's still gonna be train and upward pressure um, strain and upward pressure on property rates in particular. The dynamics over talking inflation certainly will continue to put upward pressure on that. The reinsurance cost, so depending on how much a primary insurer is dependent on reinsurance to, to control the results, that can have a pass-through effect to the primary clients. And then this creep of uh, secondary perils loss or climate-related loss continuing year on year, again, is also putting upward pressure on rates. Now, and having said all that, if next year is a recessionary environment, insurance spend budgets get cut. So even if a buyer is in a market where the dynamics are more, much harder, they're gonna be budget constrained in how much they can actually spend on insurance, right? Yeah. So that's gonna be another dynamic that's gonna create some horse trading in the market. I think the best advice we have uh, with um, the buyers is, again, that partnership with your insurers, understand those pricing dynamics, uh, be willing to have open conversations about right-sizing the program for you and your budget, and working through that early, that's going to be the key. But year on year, like renewal for like renewal, uh, pricing pressures and property continue to be significantly up, driven by inflation, reinsurance costs, and those those lost dynamics that I explained earlier. What about potential regulatory matters, roadblocks? Um, I've heard people talk about California, although they just actually approved a rate increase. Um, uh, you know, it's very rarely approves rate increases, things like that. Uh, how, how could that be an issue with pricing? Are states going to say no way? What do you think? Uh, I think it depends. Uh, we have not heard anything in particular in that regard. Um, in California, they just enacted a bill that we're just trying to understand that has to do with wildfire risk and disclosing that to clients. Right. Well, I think that primarily applies to homeowners more so than your, your commercial property. Um, some of the areas that have been hard hit by losses, sometimes there'll be moratoriums on, on uh, rate changes or renewal changes. We see that sometimes. Uh, that hasn't come through yet, but those things could be factors. 
but the industry is used to dealing with those and responding to those uh, would be in normal business plans anyway, but nothing on the horizon that would have a significant impact at this point. How about the natural disasters such as Ian? I mean, insolvencies appear to be an issue in some coastal states. Um, you see that as a continued problem? Um, I, I think it will be continue to be a pattern. I think if you look at Ian in particular, that was so far this year, the defining event. Um, devastating impact on the community there, devastating impact on people. Uh, it was a storm that sort of came um, and shifted at the last minute without a lot of notice, leaving a lot of people vulnerable. So it, it really showed the importance of preparedness for these events. Um, it was a Im widespread impact across the industry from everything from homeowners, especially uh, to some commercial. Um, auto was hit extremely hard by that, as well as you know, boats and things of that nature. You, you, could, you could see the damage. Uh, estimates are excess to $70 billion to the industry. I think your large uh, commercial uh, insurers that operate on a global or a national basis, um, those are all within plan. I don't think that's going to have a devastating impact on them whatsoever. But the local regional insurers that focus on Florida homeowners are going to have some challenges and they're going to be paying some big losses. So how well they're capitalized will really come in, come into play uh, here. I think the, the other part of that is the reinsurers are taking a big brunt of that loss. So that reinsurance impact is going to continue its way through uh, the January renewals. But I think the key lesson there, and you hit on it, Tom, was, is this going to continue in the future? And there's a couple lessons we learned from Ian that were very valuable. One is homes that were damaged in Charlie years prior to that and were rebuilt to more modern codes they performed much better from a damage perspective than those that were built to older codes. So one, it shows that you can design against these events and it makes a difference. Right. In fact, we have a specific example with a client we worked with there, um, a very large building, a, a large manufacturer of surgical devices. So you can imagine after a big event, when the people are injured, lives are at stake, um, people need access to those medical devices and things like that. So we right. worked with this client over the last number of years to truly harden their facility against hurricane impacts, um, strengthening the roofing systems, um, battening down their roof mounted equipment, all these simple loss control things. They saw some extremely high winds and they fared extremely well and they were able to serve the communities that they, they service. So one thing's for sure, the loss control efforts make a big difference. And I think the future, in addition to insurance, there has to be other standards that govern uh, resilience of homeowners, companies to build resistant to these hurricane forces. We work with our clients to do that and we can certainly help. Do you expect less or more exposure growth and why? I think exposure growth is going to continue. It's gonna continue because of the way the world is changing. So the perils that we're starting to see come through, um, you can see it from the events that happened. For example, uh, we talk about these secondary peril events. There was a very large hail event in Southern France this year. To an industry event, it's approaching $7 billion. Big hailstones, Southern France hitting homeowners industrial areas. That's a very infrequent event. You go back last year, there was some severe flooding in Western Germany in areas that was well in excess of historic flooding. 
So I think a lot of these areas that people might have thought were more benign from these types of risks are becoming more and more exposed. So the exposure, I would say, is continuing to increase uh, as time goes on. And uh, as, as climate change impacts things, that exposure is going to increase over time. There, there's no question about it. Uh, the key for people and, and, and primary insurance is to understand that risk extremely well and understand that there are engineering and loss control solutions that can be put in place to be physically resistant to those changes and those impacts. Some insurers will have very large, unrealized capital losses going into 2023. Is that a reality that will continue, do you think? Uh, I think it depends. I think capital losses come in the way of, you know, is your investment portfolio down? You know, the S&P and other uh, investment uh, benchmarks are down significantly since the beginning of the year. And many insurers manage their risk to percent of their capital that they're exposed, that they're exposing. And if that capital base has gone down, then they have to do something to deal with that. That's either buy more reinsurance or deploy less limit and less capacity. And that'll permeate its way into some hardening dynamics in the primary property space. Now, the big global carriers, I don't think that impact's gonna be overly severe. It will be a factor. Uh, some of your regionals and some of your nationals may have that impact through it, but I don't see it as a widespread issue next year. Do you expect volatility on Wall Street to pack the industry, perhaps because of interest rates, hikes? I think from an interest rate standpoint, it taught me the dynamics where it goes there is the industry, and I'm getting a little bit complex here, uh, reinsurers exist from your traditional reinsurers, but there's also been alternative capital in that space. And in, um, you know, um, investment capital has been attracted to insurance linked securities. And that typically has been looking for a home for getting higher returns. Now, when the investment returns um, and interest rates are higher, then that becomes less attractive to investors in that space. So I would see that that dynamic probably continues to shed alternative capital away from the insurance industry. And that's a very important dynamic of how reinsurers manage their risk, the retrocessional risk. I think that dynamic plays through. The other dynamic is if investment returns are smaller and people's capital base shrink accordingly as they mark their book portfolios to market, they're going to have less capacity to deploy. So those two dynamics will be there uh, to what degree remains, remains seen. The market took some pretty good hits so far this year and industry seems to be managing through it. So I don't expect it to be an extreme impact, but it will be a factor. I just want to talk about there's been maybe poor investment performance because of natural catastrophes. I mean, do you agree? Do you feel that's an issue that will continue? I think, you know, companies, well, here's an example. So we saw the supply chain through the pandemic really take a hit. And you really saw that with computer chips, right? There are parts of the world that are exposed to natural catastrophes where there are accumulations of companies that do things that, say, for example, make chips, uh, make electronics, assemble uh, goods in different parts of the world. These parts of the world are very vulnerable to climate impacts. So there could be other similar industry events that are out there, depending on where the next uh, large natural catastrophe hits. Randy, very good. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add as far as what's ahead? What's yeah. For sure. I, I think, you know, from the FM Global perspective, one of the things that we're completely focused on with our clients is 
really understanding their climate related exposures. And clients have been demanding that of the industry. They wanna understand what is that risk? What can we do about it? Because their financial disclosures, they're having to report on it. And one of the products that we've got in the market that we just released October 1st is what we call our, our climate resilience credit. So what we're doing is we're taking information we have about our clients' business, running it through our advanced analytics and providing them a report and assessment of their climate exposures globally. In addition, we're also explaining to them what they can do to reduce that exposure and how much it'll cost to fix it. And in order to support that as a mutual company, we're contributing $300 million back to our clients to actually invest in their climate resilience next year. We think that's gonna pay a huge dividend from our clients because when you think about it, these are companies that make pharmaceuticals. Um, they make food. They make other critical supplies that their communities rely on after a loss. They have to be resilient. They have to be up and running to support their communities. They want advice on how to make sure that they're immune to the physical impacts of these climate events. So we're investing in that in a, in a big way next year. We think our clients will, will take onto that extremely well and we'll see that. And that's the benefit of the mutual. As we give them money to improve their risk, the risk goes lower. We have less loss in those events as a mutual. We give that money back to them to make further investments in the future. And that continual mutuality, uh, mutual benefit pays its way through to our clients' benefit and, and, and the community's benefit as, and ours as well. So that's a big focus for us next year. And we think uh, clients will really appreciate that. In addition to that, that information our clients can use in their financial disclosures. We're finding the data we've collected all along on these secondary perils and engineered against is very useful for our clients um, reporting and disclosing it and uh, in the financial disclosures that they're required to, to, to um, report to nowadays. So in addition to our, our long-term track record of giving membership credits to clients, we also have an additional tool that's focused on climate resilience. And we're really um, positive and hopeful about that. That'll make a big difference in the community at large as well. I've always been intrigued about how the insurance industry and for obvious reasons and reasons of necessity is uh, seems to be so far, um, I don't want to say necessarily ahead, but um, you know, moving forward in other maybe industries, particularly in the financial world, um, on climate change. Um, and, uh, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, we just view it as a reality. I mean, it's something you have to come to grips with. It is. It is, and it ha it's a part of reality, and there's a way to engineer against it, and it's solvable. And uh, you saw it in Ian. Uh, nobody wants to have these big losses. Right. We know, working with our clients, for a small amount of additional investment, these things can be resisted, these, these climate change impacts. People can adapt to it through hardening the facilities and be resilient through these, these events. Well, thank you, Randy. You're welcome, Tom. Great talking to you, great questions. You hit on all the things that are on people's minds. I hope that helped. That was Randy Hodge, Executive Vice President, Staff Insurance Operations at FM Global. I'm Tom Davis for Best Review. Thank you for joining us. Looking to get the full attention of the insurance industry? We have the platforms that will do just that. Whether it be AM Best TV, AM Best Audio, Best Review Magazine, or Best Day. Find out more by calling AM Best Advertising Sales at 908-439-2200 
extension 5399 and have a great day.